Oh no, some scary clown squirted water all over my comics. Never fear, son. In Colorado, there is one place to go for all your comic needs. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh boy, thanks, Coins, Cards, Comics, man. Oh no, there's a lady hanging off that building. Can you save her? I can't save her, but you can also save 20% by getting a hold slot at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh no, she's falling. Did you know prices are also falling on back issues at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics? Thanks for saving me, Coins, Cards, Comics guy. Now I can buy my son the card games he wants and the sports memorabilia my husband wants. That's correct, ma'am. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics knocks it out of the park. So visit 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard in Arvada, Colorado. They're open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And tell them the real nerd sent you! Does this sound familiar? You're interested in purchasing that new action figure, but aren't sure if it's worth it? Well, come check out PlasticExplosion.com, where you can go to find all the latest and greatest action figure previews and reviews. Every week, they'll be bringing you reviews and picks from your favorite collections, such as DC Universe, Masters of the Universe Classics, Marvel Universe, Star Wars, Transformers, and many more. Come check us out at PlasticExplosion.com. That's PlasticExplosion.com. For barbecue that can't be beat, try Birdman Barbecue Sauce. Available and original and spicy. These robust, full-flavor sauces have the awesome power to kick your taste buds in their face. And for that smoking taste on everything you eat, try new Birdman Smoking Rub. Caution! Meat left unrubbed may suffer from flavor performance anxiety. You can pick up Birdman Barbecue at local area Ace Hardware stores, Ruff's Barbecue in Golden, and the Danny Cash Hot Shop Off-Broadway. You can also like us on Facebook at Birdman BBQ. Welcome to the podcast. To my right is... Oh, James! Uh, yeah, I to my left is Brad. Fuck you, Brad. Hey, man. <laughs> we are cool? the we are the real nerds. Well, I did a great opening originally, and then you stopped me in the middle yeah. of my opening, man. And you said, "Hey, do that better. You... Fucking suck this dick, bitch." <laughs> and I was like, I "Whoa, dude!" What I said really that was a pretty good impression. Yeah. It was it was pretty shameful. And I was like, "Dude, why do you want me to suck your dick?" Fine, I'll stop I mean, being a I was more like, "Why do you want me to suck your dick?" <laughs> and then I just I just sat here and stared at you, and I was just weird was to watch. Fascinated. It was weird. And then he looked me directly in the eyes, and I looked <laughs> back, and then it was like there's this weird energy. And then I kind of lost track of the blowjob, and then. And then you made me keep on doing it because since you lost track, you kind of lost interest in what I w- you were focusing on. So yeah. it made me have to work harder to get you to. But at least you guys had fun. I just. And do you have a piercing? Because like, I think I knocked out a tooth on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, you know, it's I had really a, loose in there. Yeah, emergency dentist. You go to Comfort Dental, I'm sure they'll take care of it. This is the worst conversation uh, since bestiality. A broken. <laughs> Broken blowjob tooth dental insurance out there that I can get covered. <laughs> there is. If you have full coverage, um, <laughs> if you don't, if you go to Comfort Dental, it's another nineteen dollars because oh. you have to get the X-ray and they gotta see what tooth your dick knocked out. <laughs> and uh, when they do that, they uh, they go ahead and uh, cap it um, depending on how big the mushroom indentation of in your mouth is, and it goes from there. Well, how much? How do you know so much about this? Well, when you suck as much dick as I do, I mean, uh, <laughs> this week we saw the Seven Psychopaths, uh, just Seven Psychopaths, not the Seven Seven Psychopaths, starring Sam Rockwell. There's really only six. 
title's a lie. What, dude? Spoilers? Fuck. We're <laughs> supposed to wait till we get to that part. James, usually I yell at Brad about the format of this podcast. I need to yell at you? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Your children are out of control, Ryan. I know, dude. What am I going to do? Get guess I'm just going to have to start the fan mail portion of our podcast. Fan mail! Uh, this week's a light one, but you know what I love? I love that Cora corresponds with us all the time. Corresponds. We're going to start calling this segment Corresponds. She's our correspondent. Thank you guys for picking up my subtle jokes that I try to do all the time. You know, I lay them out there all the time. I don't listen. And every once in a while you catch them. But when I say dick in the mouth, you guys perk up like a preacher's prick. (laughs) What? At choir concerts. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Cora says, greetings. First, touche. Yes, I wish I could have have made it to tell you ride. That would have been sweet. Go for 2013, plan my film fests and cons better. You know, you could have came there, but uh, as you'll find out that we did, that there was only two places open after 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, Doesn't doesn't mean we're not going to go next week, though. No. Still still beautiful, though. But you should. You should plan on going next year. That would be really cool. Um, Second, she said, I didn't expect Frankenweenie to do well. I'm not sure anybody did. As far as Tim Burton making more films like Big Fish... Wait, wait, let me reread that. I read that horribly. Yeah, start over. <laughs> uh, second, I didn't expect Frank and Weenie to do well. I'm not sure anybody did. As for Burton making more films like Big Fish, would people go see them if they had the, his name on it? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't think it matters if his name's on it. If they if he makes a really good movie, then it doesn't... It, it should sell itself. Well, then she actually follows up with a really good question is, has he become too much of a brand where you expect oh, yeah. too much? And I, I agree. I think that's his biggest problem. No, absolutely. Is he relies too much on the characters with the dark around their eyes and yeah. the gothic thing. And I, 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 I agree. I think he should really tr- test something. He should try to do something different. Yeah. You know? As, as the one who saw Frank and Weenie this week, I agree. Um, and third, she said she's so excited for The Walking Dead to be back. I have not had a chance to see that yet because I own Dish. And if you watch any commercials about The Walking Dead, it says, tune in Sunday for The Walking Dead. Unless you own Dish, then fuck you. <laughs> um, that's what they're saying. A, oh, man. It is really brazen about the way they cross it out. But, you know, they have a point. Fuck you. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, fuck you, Dish. Yeah. It was a Guess what, move. Dish? Never sponsor my podcast because I have you and you don't have AMC, so fuck you. Um, thanks, Cora. <laughs> we will we will have a great week. We we do have another message from her as well. Uh just while we were at the movie, um she sent us a message on well, she sent me a message on Facebook because I'm the one here who watches Doctor Who. Uh who? asking Yeah, oh yeah, who? Doctor Who. Yeah. I'm gonna say it for the fifth time. I saw that one with Andrew Garfield. <laughs> uh and she says, Have you been keeping up with the new season of Doctor Who? Matt Smith, your thoughts, dot dot dot. Uh I still really like Matt Smith. I don't like him as much as I did. Uh, the first season that he was on, and it's as um, much as David Tennant. Come on, yeah, he has waned. Like, I, I at first, I liked him more than David Tennant, um, but he has waned mostly because I think River Song is the worst thing to ever happen to Doctor Who. What's River Song? Um, his daughter, basically. Like, it not there's another episode where he meets his daughter, but this is one, or no, not his daughter. Sorry, uh, Amy Pond's daughter. I thought um, I thought she died outside the Viper Room. Yeah, what? <laughs> Does the bo- doctor bang River Phoenix joke? Anybody? Travels? Anybody? Actually, the doctor does not bang chicks. Uh, I meant to say uh, it's it's sort of the doctor's wife. And at first, it was interesting because he kept running into her backwards in time. So every time he met her, she would know a little bit less about him because she's met him the other way through time. Um, okay, can you ask me what the fuck is Doctor Who? What does he do? 
Uh, it's you have to treat it sort of like the, well, he himself is he's a time lord. He has this box. He travels through time and just has adventures. You have to look at it sort of like a Twilight Zone or or something like or, or a Star Trek. You know, where every episode he's having some different adventure. He goes to a different planet or or a different time period, and and something weird happens. So there's like no sliders. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes, it is very much like your sliders. Uh, My sliders. <laughs> <laughs> you Americans and your sliders. No, I loved sliders. Um, you Americans? Who the fuck are you? Well, because it's a British anyway. Um, yeah, but you said you Americans like that. It's like derogatory. Yeah, and also like you adopted a different yeah. nationality. <laughs> you're like one of those. You're like one of those people that drive well, me nuts. Are like, oh, British TV no. so much better than American. No, no, no. Oh, take thing. my tea Look, with just my raised, biscuits. Uh, Union Jack up uh, in our faces here. <laughs> I, re- yeah. I actually do think that's part of why the show has caught on so well in in America is because people think it's hip and cool to watch British shows. But you know, you know what? I saw Shaun of the Dead at the freaking Esquire before it was even popular, so oh, fuck all you motherfuckers. Th- thanks, hipster kid. Um, uh, I'm not hipster. You guys are hipster for jumping on the bandwagon late. Oh, <laughs> What? I saw it with you. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> I remember we saw Spaced on uh, imported DVDs. So, yeah. yeah, yeah are, are we really hipsters or are you guys? You were into No hipsters. Doubt way before everybody else was into No Doubt. You're way cooler than we are. <laughs> I know. fuck is No Doubt? I hate Gwen Stefani. <laughs> <laughs> so you do know who she is. Anyway. Um, Can you picture her as a grandma? <laughs> I don't know what that meant. <laughs> the, the cool conceit of the show is that, uh, or this is the thing I've always thought was cool, was that he he regenerates. So basically they just change the actor every few seasons when that actor is tired of doing that show. Um, and when they do that, they're allowed to sort of change the aspects of the doctor. So um, each time he's got a slightly different personality. He's played a little bit differently. But in just essence, the it's the fresh. same person? Yeah, it's supposed to be the same person. It's the same. He's got the same canon behind him. He remembers everything he did as, as the past guy. But he's a little bit different. He wears bow ties this time, or he has these funny little quirks. And uh, like this one, Matt Smith's uh, Doctor Who is, he plays him as a bit more of an old man, like he's really been through a lot of stuff, whereas David Tennant's was a bit younger and more sort of virile. Um, anyway, I I, I do okay, like it. Say it. This new, sexier. He <laughs> <laughs> was a little bit, you know. Um, I, I have enjoyed this season, but uh, River Song is the worst, is my point. Um, anyway. Hmm. Uh, I'm really disappointed no one laughed at my River Phoenix death joke. That's because really River Phoenix isn't, uh, we can't make, it's too soon. Man. Really? He's it been dead for like, no, 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 no. Vote. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln jokes just became funny. You, you, yeah. I know. It's like saying, uh, I need to go to the theater tonight. Like I need a hole in the back of the head. Ah, I mean, oh my it's God, that funny, that was the funniest joke. <laughs> Dude, horror shooting is not cool. <laughs> oh, oh, not cool, man. Oh, <laughs> Uh, I was anyway, referencing Lincoln to the Ford Theater. Yeah, no, no, I know. April fifteenth, nineteen sixty five, eighteen sixty five. Is there any other mail? No, there's not. No tweets. No, no calls. Tweets, nothing. No. Right in, everybody. I was really hoping that Yui Bull would call me this week, but he got really busy at his job and <laughs> he didn't have time to call. What is he filming? I don't oh no, know. you mean his job at KFC? Yes. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry, I thought you meant when he was making movies. <laughs> yeah. What was his last movie made? Postal. No, it was that. Uh, it was that Holocaust movie. He made a Holocaust movie? He made a serious hardcore Holocaust movie where like you he shot uh Jews, Jews in a <laughs> oven. That sounds bad. No, I mean like he he filmed sorry, he filmed Jews in an oven. Like he did that. Like just what? to be edgy. No, he did. I yeah. You don't why do you have to make it so hard when you say Jews? You're like I, the <sighs> Jews in the oven. Oh well, no, because I, I couldn't think of the word oven. So I was I was so you spreading out the, the words. Part? Yeah, I overemphasized <laughs> the Jew part. I made it sound really, really anti-Semitic. I didn't. I, that that's it, not what I meant. Wow. I'm sorry. 
He hey, he's the German. And you know Let's what? Pick on him. You know what? If we want to make it in Hollywood, we better start kissing some Jew ass, or we're never going to make it. <laughs> oh God! Why did I laugh at that? Now I'm going because it's funny. Oh, Weinstein's. Anyways, uh, I would totally yeah, kiss their asses. <laughs> that's it for uh, news this week. That's all I got. Well, mail, <laughs> not news. No, not news. Speaking of, <laughs> uh, hey, box office number time. This is the box office stats. We have derailed. Oh, no. um, the number one movie again was Taken Two. I'm really surprised by that. I would have thought the word of mouth would have been poison. Uh, no, dude, it's still Liam Neeson kicking ass. Uh, I mean, I know. Even though, but see, no matter what the critics say, if you go on IMDb, it still doesn't have that bad of a rating. Honestly, I'm gonna say this, and it's maybe because I don't actually trust American moviegoers. I thought, here comes the boom. I honestly thought like this guy. Oh, first he says that he came lumps out us last week. He, yeah, he, no, it did. First he lumps us in because we don't watch Doctor Who, and then he says, "And I don't really trust American moviegoers." I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I watched the trailer Podcast for Here Comes to his head. I, has. I watched the trailer for Here Comes the Boom, and he came in at fifth with eleven million dollars, and I thought, "Yep, that'll be the next Paul Blart mall cop." <laughs> and you know? uh, the movie we saw, Argo, was nineteen million dollars. At, at number two. But uh, as watching, uh, I always go to Box Office Mojo every day. And I was looking, and it's been number one all week long, so it's yeah. has some good legs to it, which it should. It's a good Sinister movie. too. I would have thought Sinister would have would have. I taken, actually surprised Sinister taken was two, third. taken taken two out of the number yeah, one spot, but Taken's really hung on to it. Yeah. DVD and Blu-ray release time. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Heyo. Uh, the big release this week is iRobot in 3D, <laughs> which was never shot in 3D, but they converted it for Blu-ray in 3D. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Um, I found out about this a few weeks ago just because Amazon popped it up and was like, hey, you want to pre-order this, right? No, I don't. <laughs> I didn't know they were doing this. I didn't know I this no was a thing either. where they were 3D converting old Alex Proyas movies. Executives somewhere had a meeting and they were <laughs> like, we want to convert some already released movies to drive Blu-ray 3D Blu-ray player sales. What should we pick? <laughs> well, we've got, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, we've got the Star Wars trilogy. We can make 3D. No, no, no. Fuck your list. What's on TBS this weekend? <laughs> ah, that's uh, iRobot. That'll do it. Oh, like robots, right? hell no. <laughs> Which, you know, I saw the movie. I don't think it's that bad. No, I don't but, either. But um, I uh, don't know why it needs a I think it's 3D a, conversion, what, eight years after it came out? Yeah. I think it's a fun, action-y movie. Um, but certainly after Dark City, I was hoping for something bigger out of Alex Price, but he still has not delivered. Well, um, it was a thoughtful movie, and iRobot's a movie under the surface that you know was supposed to be thoughtful, but yeah. then someone walked in and said, we need more action. How about a <laughs> shot where a guy with a giant shotgun shoots robots as they jump through gla- like glass windows? Yes, we need that. And here's the thing. It's pretty badass. It is kind of cool. I don't remember. I know I saw it when it was out in theaters. I haven't seen it since. Yeah. I remember uh, not being bad. I own the DVD. Okay, well, I'll never borrow it from you. No, you shouldn't. It's yeah. <laughs> no, you should, and then you can buy the Blu-ray, the 3D Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You For your 3D I'll TV? give you my, D- my DVD, and I'll buy the... Th- uh, I think the other big one is Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Um, that's I, I was the only one who saw that amongst us, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It means you can rent it now. You can rent if it. If you missed it before, yeah. you can check it yeah, out. A lot of people did. Yeah. Are there any small DVDs on there? That There's lots of there's lots of other DVDs. Magic Mike comes out this week. So if you missed Magic Mike, 
and you want to that was actually that a big hit so yeah no, i was i was joking with uh james before we came on and i said hey you know they should how um robert rodriguez has audience reaction tracks for his movies they should have an audience reaction track for magic mike for the screening james Woo! went and saw where's a geriatric old woman cheering him Woo! on Woo! yeah take off that shirt i'm drunk i'm yeah. wet sonny Oh, oh. Mm. she was not attractive. Uh, Seeking a friend for the end of the world comes out this week too. If you want to be depressed, go ahead and pick that up. You guys (laughs) both saw it, right? Yes. So it's my job to rent this movie in the next three weeks, and and also not be thoroughly enthused by it. Oh, is Blade Runner coming out? Yeah, dude, I need to see Blade Runner. That new Blu-ray release of Blade Runner and the cool like book edition and the unicorn with the unicorn. Remember when Paul Salmon was talking to us about the unicorn for like five minutes? Yeah, and about how many different endings they had and. Hey, if you want to hear some great interviews, we did some great ones at the Telluride Horror Show and Mile High Horror Fest that we're still kind of working out how to sprinkle them in there, but they are coming. Stay tuned, Real Nerds listeners, because we we interview some Hollywood heavyweights. Speaking of Telluride, though, you're missing one more DVD release this week. Am I? Yep. Oh, damn. Wrong Turn 5 comes out this week. Which was a sponsor for Telluride Horror Show. For the Telluride Horror Show. So you... um, Run right out and watch the trailer on YouTube if you are in. You know what? If that movie is streaming on Netflix or Amazon Prime for free, I will watch that movie. Also, something for the fans: if you write in and request a Wrong Turn Five mini poster, (laughs) Real Nerds will send one out to you. (laughs) Oh yeah, free of charge. Um, Of course, we're going to fold it up and put it in an envelope because (laughs) we don't want to pay for the poster shipping. But uh, there's a good chance we might just scribble all over it. Yeah, Um, there's there's a couple good ones. But you can have drop pictures of dicks on them. Yeah, yeah. Insert dick here, and it'll be like right in the chick's mouth. Actually, the folded look could be awesome because slasher movies typically have folded poster. Oh yeah, that would be pretty sweet. That would be pretty badass. Like worn and stuff. Man, it's a good thing we thought of that. Yeah. Requests for wrong turn Spontaneous five poster giveaway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what, what I, what's really funny about that is because people might not know this about us when we go to cons is we or when we're in movie theaters in the lobbies, they always have those many posters. Yeah. So what we do is we take them and then we deface them and write funny stuff on them. And at Denver Comic Con, our Titanic ones were like a big hit because they were pretty funny and creative. Yeah. Um, so when we went to Telluride Horror Show, there was a, had to been 500 of these posters. <laughs> Because uh, Wrong Turn 5 was one of the sponsors of Telluride Horror Show. And Brad took one. He started trying. like, Brad, don't draw on that. What if they get mad because they're the sponsor? And then I'm not going to say who, but at the end of the con uh, or the fest, a gentleman came up to us and says, hey, you guys want all these shit posters? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we'll take them. Uh, yeah, he just gave us all the posters. Um, um, I truncated and didn't. I'm um, saying kind of not what he said but he was basically saying that to you us paraphrased it i paraphrased yeah. it much he, he, he added the he shit was, to it yeah he was real soft spoken and nice so he didn't say do you want these shit posters he and said, i'm not gonna tell you who nice backpedaling guys yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm not gonna tell you who. put words in his mouth um so yeah that's what's coming out oh you also cool. said that the uh individual releases of the universal monster movies are coming out yes yeah, yeah, which, yeah. so if you didn't want to spend all that money on all of them at once you can start buying like dracula and bride of frankenstein and the invisible man now and eventually See, have them all I, I was thinking about upgrading them but i love the legacy collection ones i have because they're really cool and I don't, I don't think they need to be upgraded yeah i don't own them at all yeah that is true i don't think you need them on dvd but i'll have to look and see what the like special features and stuff are on them because if they have some cool but what could they make that's the thing this long after a movie how much 
How many like little documentaries could they have that would be that much different? Uh, than the, the Legacy the Collection is on every one. I forget the name of the documentary, but it's brilliant. It's two and a half hours long, and it just deals with the monsters of Universal and how they came along and uh, the genesis of them. It's really good. On the special features for Frankenstein, there's a documentary called The Frankenstein Files, How Hollywood Made a Monster. Does that nope, sound? No, it's not okay. it. It's like, uh, oh, I'm not going to think. I'll just let it go but it's a really yeah. good documentary if you have the legacy collection definitely check it out hmm. well then maybe i'll just go find those dvds and uh, they're hard to find ah oh, god damn it you can probably get them at second spin maybe i know i searched high and low for the uh the creature from the black lagoon one because Ooh. i loved it when i was a little kid my dad would put it on and when i was at barnes and noble oh man a couple years ago when the one by my house was getting rid of all their dvds I found it like smushed in between. Like, the box wasn't damaged, but it was like in oh. between <laughs> some things. And yeah. I was like, yeah, and it was 40% off. And mm-hmm. I came home and watched all three of the <laughs> Creature from the Black Lagoons on it. One of the first 3D movies, Creature from the Black Lagoon. And side by side with all of those is the 40th anniversary of Octoman, the Octopus Man, which, uh, you know. 40 years ago? Yeah, 40 years ago they made this movie. Man, and they just so. Kind of looks like Disney stole his look for Davy Jones. well he's got like a piranha mouth it's not a well no i was about to say it's not a bad creature design it is it is a bad it is but yeah it's pretty cool yep twelve dollars it's mine so go ahead speaking of uh blu-ray books though um via batman on film.com uh you probably haven't heard but there is also a blu-ray book version of the dark knight rises coming out Ooh, which i'm conflicted because i Expected to complete my collection with the steel book, Dark Knight Rises, but you know it's a Blu-ray book with pages inside and more yeah, you information. Have to get the, you have to get the yeah, coolest yeah, I, one. Yeah, I definitely think you have to get that one. And there's and two I Bane I, and Batman versions. I don't think you're guaranteed to get a steel book edition of the Dark Knight Rises right away either, because that that thing is like a Best Buy exclusive kind of a thing. Yeah, it's already on Best Buy. Oh, really? They've yeah. already got one. Yeah, oh, you can okay, pre-order cool. it. Yeah. Oh wow! I figured that was just something where they were like, you know, their best-selling DVD Blu-rays they were going to do that with. Um, that's cool. Yeah, so I don't know what to do. Except buy both. <laughs> buy both. Yeah, I was just going to say, you're going to buy well, both. Well, all three, because yeah. like I said, there's a Batman version and a Bane version. I'll get the Bane version. Really? Yeah, plenty of Batmans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think Batman's a cooler character, though. Yeah, but it's like the cover is him with the cop cars behind him, and he's just kind of looking up. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not, the, it's not that weird poster where it's just all sort of grainy. And yeah. yet none of the releases have just that cool Batman symbol with the falling buildings. Of course Unless not. That doesn't sell version. the movie. I think it's awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. subtle. Yeah, it's cool for you know movie people, but yeah, I but think moms it, are like, "Hey, is this a Batman movie?" The the collection like of all three of them together on Blu-ray that should have that because that was one of those things that um, yeah, they have it for they the did DVD. for each one. Oh yeah, the oh, DVD cool. trilogy has all the symbols from each movie. Yeah, that 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 like more together side thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's the cool. So um, if you want, you can go on digitalbits.com and click on their DVD art. Which will take you to Amazon, where you can download, download. You can buy the f- movies directly from there, and you help Digital Bits. So you should do that. Do uh, wish list ads give them revenue? I have no idea. Because I won't buy something right away, but I'll add it to my wish list. And I hope that helps. Uh, <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> I would suck if I go. I add it to my wish list, but then I go back to my wish list and then buy later, and then they don't get the digital Digital Bits. I wish I could give you money. So guess what it is now time for? Um, wait, um, news. News? Unspool some real news, boys. Yes. I knew I was right. It's real news. 
what you got this week, James? Um, did you guys see the trailer for Alter Egos? No, I don't know what the fuck Never that heard is. Of that. Okay, well, not a lot of people do yet. Alter Egos is the new Smodcast feature. It's the next oh, movie yeah, yeah, that he's yeah, going to yeah. be I distributing. That, yeah. Which I don't even remember. What was the name of the last one? Bindle Stiffs. Bindle Stiffs. Um, which I did any. We none of us saw it. I don't even remember it. Was it released? Well, yeah. I, I mean, saw he the DVD on digital bits, but yeah, I don't know where it went. And I'm, he's not advertising in his ten minute. <laughs> advertisements <laughs> stoned <laughs> advertisements which is embarrassing yeah um, like does he listen to him afterwards be like dude what the fuck is wrong with me what if is I, that, what if was I that went for 10 for? minutes I wouldn't listen to it again <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway this new one actually I think is I think it's the right kind of movie for them to have they, I think they should have started with a movie like this basically it's about these it's sort of an indie superhero movie where but it's sort of a comedy and these guys running around and in whacked out comedy uh, uh, superhero outfits and and having something of a mental breakdown, it seems like like uh, super about well, no, because it's more like like there's one little line in there where where they he says something about the fact that his girlfriend is having an affair with his alter ego, and like then he's pissed off at his girlfriend because like the superhero is pissed off at his girlfriend for having sex with his normal self, you know, his Clark Kent. Um, so things like that. It's more of a, you know, sort of comedy. It's not, nobody's going to touch anybody's brains or anything like that. You know what um, movie Smodco should pick up? Is, the battery. Uh, the battery. Yeah. But they won't because they got accepted into a festival. <laughs> and wasn't one of his rules is you have to be turned down by everybody? Or is it just movie companies? I think, I think it's Hollywood. just movie companies. I don't think it's, yeah. Because, I, I mean, he took Red State to a festival. Um, yeah. No, no, I, I think it's just movie so, like, yeah, distribution. So, yeah, the battery should be... Uh, part it, of would Smodco. Really good. it would be really good I, what i'm saying is this this trailer actually i think was interesting and and um people should probably go check it out it's too bad you guys didn't see it we could talk about it more but um ah, remember last week when we talked about how david fincher can't get movies made mm-hmm. well they've delayed Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea uh he wants to get brad pitt in the movie and disney put it on delay so it may be a while before they say temporary hold but uh what's brad pitt doing right now I don't know. Um, Making well, more he's kids. Got, well, <laughs> he's got Killing Him Softly about to come out. I don't know what his next project is. But um, hopefully this does not mean doom for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Not that I was that excited. I think it's a, I mean, the original Disney movie I think is still pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, anytime you have Kirk Douglas fighting a huge squid, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, when you take a, a sort of kooky big idea like that and give it to somebody like David Fincher, I think some something magical could really come out of it. Uh, especially, you know... He yeah, uh, not all of his movies are movies that I love, but they're they're always interesting. You yeah, know, they're they're usually a different take than I expect them to be. Um, Sam Raimi's next movie, directing might be Poltergeist. We like uh, we've talked about Poltergeist before because of course they're remaking it, and he is they they talk like he might be in a producer role and things like that. But now the the guy who wrote it is saying that Sam Raimi wants to direct it. Um, I huh. Uh, you, you know, the thing is, though, is Sam Raimi, I think, could actually excel in a movie like that because of his directing style, mm-hmm. uh, because he can make things crazy and funny at the same time and scary, which I think is one of his strongest, um, I don't know, strengths as a director, strongest strengths, yeah. whatever. <laughs> it's one of his talents, yeah. Yeah, one of his talents. You know, it's, um, I, I don't know, it could work. Uh, I, I, oh, I'll see anything Sam Raimi does. So, I mean, oh, you're, right. you're talking to the wrong person about it. No, no, I know. I, I just mean, like, it, when was the last time that, like, a, well, 
No, no. I, I think of Sam Raimi as one of the bigger named directors, a guy who can, you know, when he wants to make Fuck something, yeah, he's a big name director. Dude, have you seen the Spider-Man um, trilogy? Yeah, but I mean, he's not on a he's not on a Spielberg, Christopher Nolan level, but he is in there where when he wants to do something, he can get it done. Uh, like like Oz. I mean, he he spearheaded Oz and got that done. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it would be weird for him to take on a remake. You know, he's not a Len Wiseman. Len Wiseman is in that place where he should be doing a remake every now and then to make some money. Um, especially so, yeah. a movie that is, by by some reports, pretty much directed by Steven Spielberg. Like it's it's a weird thing to touch. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, how old's Craig T. Nelson now? I mean, wait, Spielberg directed Poltergeist. Spiel- yeah. The, no. 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 He did not. He is not credited. He produced it. Yes, but um, there are there are accounts that he was on set enough, and that he and was like, he was you, so Toby sort Hooper. of in control that he. Some of that movie is, is you know, accredited to him. Not all of it, but they say that there are definitely a lot of his fingerprints on the directorial style of that movie. Um, it's one of those weird stories that I've I've heard quite a few. You know, times. I, I, maybe he, it wouldn't surprise you that much because if you've seen Super Eight, the behind the scenes, he kind of comes in and starts directing. Oh yeah, but I mean, he didn't overtake Super Eight. But I'm just saying that. Well, but he was only on Super Eight for a day. Yeah. So you know, if, if he were at Poltergeist a lot, which is like like I said, that's what I've heard. Um, People people sort of treat Poltergeist like it was co-directed by Steven Spielberg. Um, I've heard that story for ten years at least, mm-hmm. so I believe it because the internet is full of truths. No, it's just not the internet. I've read I've read and seen um, like behind the scenes stuff about it. Oh yeah, about how the production was in trouble and he came and helped it. Yep. Ooh, it's getting dark in here. Nice. Getting sexy. Nice. <laughs> uh, the very last thing is that HBO is developing basically Band of Brothers 3 you know they did Band of Brothers and then the Pacific and now they want to do one you know the Pacific was not as well loved but still it's respected good. yeah um, and now they want to do one that is specifically about sort of the aerial combat section of the Sweet. war um, which yeah I think sounds really badass I anytime the HBO takes on a, uh, a thing like this where they're not they're not making a new series. They're doing a you know one of their mini series. I I'm always pretty excited about them because I think it's one of the things HBO does best. And that's news. Uh, except you skipped over that Shailene Woodley was cast as Mary Jane in the new Spider-Man two and three. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. I read a report that the reason she has a minor role in the second one, and then the third one is going to be the death of Gwen Stacy. Yeah. So I'm hoping that um, the second one will have. Not a scientist as a villain, but um, I don't know. Like an electro. Electro. Dude, I the still. The shocker. M- mis- no, not the shocker. I would love the shocker. <laughs> Mysterio. They should Nolanize it and make the shocker what we. <laughs> He's just a rapist. Yeah. He's a horrible. <laughs> horrible rapist. <laughs> and uh, his a theme song is thing. from Steel Panther. Yeah. Um, but no, that, I mean, I think that's cool. Um, a lot of people are up. I, I The trolls on the internet saying she's not pretty enough and stuff, but they're idiots. Yeah, but they're dumb. Because I think she's pretty. Yeah. And she's a good actress. Go yeah, watch The Descendants. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't wait for when I'm like 40 and I get to see the death of Gwen Stacy on screen finally. Do you think that in these movies they're going to do You Just Hit the Jackpot? Oh, you do? Where, he, where she shows up in the door? That'd be cool. Because they never did in the originals, obviously. No. I yeah. uh, you know, they kind of did. She should say it at, uh, at the Gwen end of Stacey's Spider-Man 2. Oh, does she? She's yeah. like, oh. That's fucked up, dude. <laughs> you can't just believe you just <laughs> went there. <laughs> <laughs> Ten second delay. 
I was thinking about the thing, so I didn't hear what you said. Now I know. Oh, yeah, that's all bad. sad and wearing black. And then she sh- the camera turns and she's standing in the doorway. And she's like, you just hit the jackpot, Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's cool. And that they've already, I mean, guess, I mean, obviously, they signed her for uh, two part movies. two and three. Yeah. So they must have a lot of faith in, well, I mean, the, the last one still made $750 million worldwide. So Pretty good. So, yeah. I mean, I think it it probably has enough goodwill around it that, despite what those douchebags in line for the Dark Knight said, um, I think people will generally be excited to see the next one. Oh yeah, I think so too. I, I mean, besides a horrible tag scene at the end. Oh which, yeah, man, that credit sequence is the worst. I'm hoping that I mean, the, I was reading the Blu-ray release has something like 40 minutes of deleted scenes. Wow. So maybe it's well, there's a bunch of those in the trailers. Yeah, the maybe movie. it's expanded upon, but That'd be we'll cool. see. Or maybe the Red Skull shows up because, you know, he killed Peter Parker's parents in the comic books. Oh, dude. Though, you know, Hugo Weaving said he's never going to, he's not going to play the Red Skull again. No? Yeah. Meh. I kind of think they should get somebody like Doug Jones. Somebody who could really oh, yeah, disappear into the makeup, you know. If, if they could get him to pull off that role, you know, visually, I think somebody like that who's really physical could do it. And Hugo Weaving pissed off Michael Bay this week. Oh, really? I didn't read that. Yeah, he said uh, they asked him about being Megatron on... And Transformers is, I don't know. I didn't know anything about it. I just went in for two hours, read some lines, and left. <laughs> the, the movie, basically saying the movie was shit. And Michael Bay got all defensive and wrote this huge response to it. And it was taken off his website because I guess it was a little... Uh, you can read it on, it um, was... on Superhero Hype. Huh. But yeah. <laughs> they must have thought he was blowing things out of proportion, which it yeah. sounds like. Yeah. You know, Michael can, Bay. Yeah, if Hugo Weaving said that about, a mo- about that movie, I'd be like, yeah, of, yeah that's, that's probably true. You yeah. know, and here's the thing: if Michael Bay cared more, if Michael Bay really thought like, "Oh, Hugo Weaving really phoned this in," he would have listened to the audio and gone back and been like, "Hey, come back into the studio and do this right the first time." But obviously, he did well enough that it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So, or he's too worried about robot yeah. balls to brush notice. it off. It's not like it's not like anybody called you a ra- uh, a, a Nazi. Oh wait, no, Megan Fox did call you a Nazi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Brad wants us to move along. Yeah. Do you got any news, Brad? Let's talk more about hearsay between people we'll never meet no it's not hearsay you hey, can read hey, about it i am totally gonna meet michael bay and his tiger it still could be out of context you know yeah out of context he wrote it a bunch of internet guys are just like hey look what i found and you know well i could say that well if uh fister called the avengers appalling <laughs> oh yeah what a douchebag again over here no no no, no he context. said it he said it in an he interview. Was in interview he was in an interview and he was like i i saw the avengers and i thought it was appalling. did you listen to the interview from start to finish or you no just... i read the whole section where he talked about it that someone else framed. No, they yeah they framed it because they said, "Hey, here's what Wally Fisk." Or, uh, they took out the juiciest part and told you about it. Yeah, here's the thing. Here's the thing. In Hollywood, most people keep their lips shut when they're talking about things they don't like, and there is there is both you know something fake about that in that you're not being honest about the way you feel, but there's also something good because you're in the business and your opinions shouldn't. Um, draw attention to the stuff that you do and it, i think it i think it's shitty for one cinematographer to go out there and say hey i thought that joss whedon put the camera in shitty places because he wanted to show off his set well, you know what i think that there are shots in the inception that are put in places where he wants to show off the set because they built a cool set and it looks awesome and it makes for a good looking movie like why why are you even talking about this um so yeah i, I think that they can pull a section of of dialogue out of an interview and say like hey this is what this guy said when he probably should have kept his mouth shut um 
It's not hearsay. It's what a guy said. I'm just saying it's not that interesting because, yeah, I think it's, it's because it's your favorite guy. If it was someone else, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but See, you know, but the joke's on him because he said that they're doing it to show off their uh, half a million dollar sets. When that that's that, not that int- yeah, what the shot he's talking about is at the NASA building. Yeah, so. and they they put the camera there because they were like, "Holy shit, we get to film in this place." So yeah. if you listen to the commentary by Joss Whedon on the Avengers, he would know that the truth is their <laughs> sets are not that expensive because they got to do some really cool stuff. So maybe that guy should know more about what he's talking about. And I also think if you look at Box Office Mojo, I think the Avengers um, production budget is cheaper than The Dark Knight Rises. I guarantee you that it is. And how is that possible, guys? Robert Downey Jr.'s in it. Do you know how handsome he and is? every other star in any movie ever. <laughs> Remember that one part where he's saying that guy's playing Galaga and he's all, you know, dreamy and shit? Yeah, I do. I do remember that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about how talking about uh, Hollywood people bad-mouthing other people sounds like you guys are talking in a sewing circle <laughs> or getting your perms done. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. that's, I was having fun with that. And Robert then Wally Fister said <laughs> that, yeah. You, you Shylocks are like a sewing circle when you get together. Whoa, what? What? Dude, Trilog. Pulp Fiction. Oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> that James is going off the racist rails. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a uh, comic book corner time. Is that, that, is that uh, The Price is Right? I guess. That was like yeah. a horrible rendition of mm-hmm. a horrible song. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. So I'm going to tell you guys a great story you should pick up. And um, the basis of the story is when I was younger, I used to um, watch the Spider-Man cartoon um, from the 90s. I remember the Green Goblin always had dual identities. And um, Peter Parker went to his house one time. And uh, the Green Goblin was kind of, uh, Norman Osborn was kind of egging him on. And and Parker says, you know, hey, how does he know that I'm Spider-Man? And then he creates the fire to distract everybody and... Spider-Man swings oh, yeah. out of the house. Um, if you pick up King Size Spider-Man number eight, which is kind of hard to find and it's expensive, but if you can pick it up, that whole um, story is in that issue, which I, I have one of the few Goblin stories I never read until very recently when I was at um, Coins, Cards, and Comics. And Andrew is so good about putting Green Goblin stuff in my hold slot, but this one time it slipped by and I was just um, perusing the um, above on the ceiling in coins cards and comics, they have this great display of old hard to find comics. And I don't know why I decided I was going to look at the other side of the amazing Spider-Man, which has all the King size and annuals, but there it was John Romita, beautiful cover of the green goblin blasting Spider-Man. And so I picked that up for only twenty four ninety nine, and it's a great book. And you can read about how the green goblin has dual identities and um, how he invites Spider-Man to his house for dinner. And he calls Spider-Man out. Spider-Man being Peter Parker. And it's a great little story. And uh, because, you know, the cartoon, they always play the Green Goblin as, you know, the Green Goblin and Norman Osborn were separate people. And um, every story I read, I never really got that from it. But when I went back and read that King Size Spider-Man, I said, oh, this is where they they pulled it from. And they pulled, like, direct scenes um, from the comic book into the cartoon. That's so funny. I didn't even know they did that with that cartoon. Yeah, I didn't either. (laughs) I mean, that has to be one of the most faithful adaptations of a comic book on that cartoon does he ever punch anybody in the car in the comic he though? does because oh, okay because that he, wouldn't have been in the show he hits the green goblin so hard the green goblin forgets who he is <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember that at all wow yeah that's, that's uh, good. 
But if you read Spider-Man Blue, they kind of go back, and the oh. Green Goblin never forgot that he who he's that's that what he was that was in Goblin. reference to. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah it's yeah, that yeah. one, and also Amazing Spider-Man Forty, where Spider-Man hits the Green Goblin so hard that the uh, Norman Osborn says, "Oh, what am I doing wearing these clothes?" And so the Green Go- uh, Spider-Man burns the Green Goblin's costume. And uh-huh. uh, so he's always battling this. And, and what makes Spider-Man Blue, and I'll, I'll pump both of these out, you can pick up the trade paperback for Spider-Man Blue anywhere. And I, if you haven't, definitely pick up Spider-Man Blue. I think Man we've Blue. done it before. Um, but in Spider-Man Blue, the Green Goblin basically hires all these villains to get at Spider-Man because he wants Spider-Man to believe that he's not a threat anymore. And it's, it's really good. That should be like Spider-Man's other power is Amnesia Punch, <laughs> where he just awesome. he just chooses like we got to retcon this shit, and then he punches punch. you and you forget who you are. Yeah, it, it it's almost as obnoxious as the uh, the the Venom touch that Miles Morales has now, where he's just like this fight's over, and then he touches you on the ankle and you you pass out. Yep. Yeah, my least favorite thing about the new Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, me too. That, uh, and I, I also, my least favorite thing about the new Ultimate Spider-Man is how slow it moves. <laughs> like, I understand they're trying to establish the character. Yeah, but I mean, it's sixteen issues in. Come on, let yeah, them fight a super villain, Scorpion. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know what's funny is I was looking up because I was just looking for directions to get to Coins, Cards, and Comics, which mm-hmm. is obviously a fantastic store that you should go and buy comics at. Um, and there's only five reviews on Yelp. And one of them is from this dude. Half of them are not that good because, of course, what people do on the internet is when they have a bad experience, they go on the internet and bash the place. One of them is a one star for Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics because the guy says he walked out in there and it was kind of dark and he stood around for like 10 minutes and nobody came over and asked him if he needed any help. So he just left. What 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 is that shit? You're gonna bash a store. The place is fantastic. It's not that dark. And if you need help, you just go up and you ask for it. And it's not even that hard. All the comics are in alphabetical order. What are yeah. you looking for? Hoping he'll pull something out of his ass and like, yeah. hey, here's a great comic book. I yeah. think I feel like that's kind of a store where I mean, you kind of know what you want to get, and if not, you can do what I do and flip through them every once in a while, find stuff like Mutant Texas. But when comic stores are one of those things where it's like usually the people working there are having a conversation about comics or games or you know something mm-hmm. geeky and fun. And so you just kind of walk over and stay in there for a while. Next thing you know, you're in the conversation. Like, it's not, it's yeah. not unfriendly. Don't listen to Yelp, Colorado Coins and Cards. Yeah, yeah, Colorado yeah. Coins, Cards, and Comics is amazing. And better yet, if you know that store and you like that store, you've been there, go on Yelp and give them a good review because that's, that's also not good for and them. And remember, if you're at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics and you're looking for a comic book and you're like, what do I do? Andrew is always there. Yeah. And he's a really nice guy. Absolutely. And, uh, say hi and tell him the real nerd sent you because... Then he knows that sponsoring our show is getting him somewhere. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I'll, I'll say, too, um, King Size Spider-Man number eight. Um, I have seen one copy in Denver recently, and that is at the Jason Street Mega Store for Mile High Comics. Wow. Um, and that one's like 100 bucks there. Just saying. And uh, But you can get Spider-Man Blue at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for 20% off the trade paperback. Or if you want to get them individually issued, they actually have all the individual issues too, hmm. which would probably cost a little more. I think it's like twenty three or something because the first issue I know is seven dollars. So yeah, pick it up, enjoy it, have fun, go Spidey, go comics. So uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. So uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. 
I did mine really effeminate, so I sounded gay. And then you have Joe's where he's, you know, a nerd. Yes, Jeffrey <laughs> That's so um, good. I watched a couple things this week. I, I mentioned I watched some more of the X-Files. When I get um, to an episode that blows my mind, I'll mention it again. Um, but I'm still in season one, so that's probably why. Are you still <laughs> enjoying it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, good. I don't think the show's bad. I actually no, think this no, show's no. pretty enjoyable. Um, I the, wasn't trying to say the first season's bad. Uh, the 45 minutes go by really quickly um, because I think they have so much. Um, information crammed in. Sometimes yeah. uh, that's a problem with conspiracy stuff. It's uh, this happened and this happened and this happened, and you try to keep things straight. You're like, "What the fuck is this?" But uh, the show's good. Um, and sometimes Scully looks really hot, and other times she doesn't look hot. Totally. And you're just like, what is it? The lighting. I or? totally agree. Who's the director of photography of this issue? I mean, <laughs> this issue, this episode. Why did they put the camera there? It totally makes Scully look like exactly. And sometimes I'm like, dude, I'm in love with her. And other know. times it's an. Hey. Butterface, and uh, <laughs> she's a two face, <laughs> literally. Um, I also watched uh, a good, f- a good old fashioned orgy what? with Jason Sudeikis, wait, wait, and wait. what? Uh, it's a movie that Jason Sudeikis did with. Um... Oh, fuck, I forget. Yeah. It's, a... it's it's gosh darn it! A whole bunch of people like yeah. I mean, comedians. Will Forte's in it. Um, yeah. The main guy though is he's a he's kind of famous. I don't know. I can't remember it right now. But Adam Scott. Adam Scott. There you go. Uh, Leslie Bibb is in it. Leslie Bibb is in it. Um. Uh, Lake Bell. Nick Kroll. Yeah. Wh- so what's it about? <laughs> yeah, it's literally about this guy has a house in the Hamptons. Um, J.C. Deckis's character, I forget his name, and his dad is Don Johnson, and he's going to sell his house so he can't have Dude. a party there anymore. And so he usually has, um, it's, uh, the guy from Tucker and Dale is like his best Tyler friend. Tyler Labine. Tyler Labine. Um, but he, he, he has a party there and then when he finds out his dad's going to sell the place, he has to have one last big party and his idea is to have it be an orgy with all his friends. <laughs> and you expect the movie to be, you know, really risque and kind of push the envelope, but it turns out to be some stupid romantic comedy and it's not that funny. Oh, um, I, I was actually kind of disappointed because one, uh, every time I see Will Forte in a movie, I kind of get excited because he always plays the goofy guy. Did he have a mustache in this movie? He didn't. <laughs> um, so I was really disappointed in that because uh, he didn't have a mustache or he didn't stick, you know, asparagus or celery up his ass. And um, Martin and started how uh, how old fashioned was the orgy? Um, you know, pretty old fashioned. <laughs> they were wearing like small mustaches and top hats. I mean. It, it, it's just because it's so lame. Um, Good day, sir. I've come <laughs> to put my penis in your vagina. <laughs> sir, what? <laughs> the, the, la- the first party that happens in the movie is like a white trash party. And J.C. Decker's character, he meets Leslie Bibb. And he they, they hit it off. And guess who's selling his house? Uh, the the realtor is Leslie Bibb's character. Ah. And so then his, jo- his, his idea is to just, you know, woo her for the couple months that before... Um, they have the orgy party and so but of course he falls for her but there's a girl of one of his friends who they've been friends for a long time is in love with him and this is her finally her chance to get with him by having sex with him at this orgy and it's just like they try it it sounds like it's going to be really dirty and nasty but it's meh oh i mean you can watch it it's it's okay I mean, it, I, I wasn't that impressed by it. Yeah, you sound like you're yeah. a big fan. Does yeah. anybody ever wear a fez in the movie? Uh, sure. Nah, I'm sold. I'll see it. 
Um, the, the, the only part that I laughed out loud was when, um, his friend kept on coming in with different shots. And then at the end he's like, eh, fuck it. It's vodka. That was funny. Uh, if that sold you on the movie, then go go stream it for free on Netflix. <laughs> if that monotone line delivery of a half good uh, joke. And uh, the the last thing I saw was it's called the burning. And um, is it about your crotch? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's it's about um, getting lice on your dick, and it eats <laughs> the scratching causes the burning. Really, I thought it would have been gonorrhea, but go on. Uh, oh. But no, uh, it's actually a slasher movie from. 1981 i recently bought a book called the slasher movie book and i like slasher movies and this book highlighted this movie as being an wait, import- wait sorry was, was it half off <laughs> was it on sale no was the book on sale no it was not on sale this i mean was it a book burning <laughs> could ruin my jokes you guys are ruining your own jokes <laughs> i know i don't i don't know what i don't know what brad's joke was prices Please. are slashed half off uh, Keep up with me, James. Come That's on. bad. Um, so anyways, um, the story revolves around these kids who play a prank on this um, janitor at their summer camp named Cropsby. Cross, Cropsy? Cropsy. I watched that documentary. Because it, it's a it's a New York legend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's the name of this guy. And he's like a uh, kind of retarded janitor guy. So they the, the whole story is, is they put this skull that has these two little flames in its eyes, like tea lights. And it scares him so much that he kicks the skull over on his bed and he like immediately bursts into flames. <laughs> and so, yeah, he he runs out and he's on fire and uh, the burning. That's why it's called the burning. And uh, so he's put in the hospital for five years. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the what sold me on it when I was reading about it is Tom Savini did the makeup in it. Um, and he did Friday the 13th and Friday the 13th Part 4, Dawn of the Dead. Um, he's a really big makeup guy, but it was really, you could tell it was really heavily edited. And the soundtrack is one of the worst soundtracks I've heard in a movie, let alone a 1980s low budget slasher movie. It's a lot, it's a lot of Alanis Morissette. Oh, no, it would be. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of synth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like they would have um, parts when they first meet the the janitor guy or whatever he was. Cropsy. Burnt, yeah, Cropsy when he was burnt alive. You know, the burning. And all of a sudden his hand comes out. It's like, it's horrible and uh so he goes to seek revenge on these kids um and jason alexander is one of the kids um from seinfeld and fisher stevens (laughs) is one of the kids named short circuit and yeah super mario brothers in the movie Uh, his name is woodstock in it um like some of the kills are really cool uh he he gets out of uh, the hospital and he picks up a hooker and murders her i have no idea why because she was never set up before. He never said they didn't like hookers or anything. He just decided to kill her. And he uses these garden shears. Um, and so it's literally just... I mean, the movie's not that good. But um, there was there was one really cool scene where um, he takes all the canoes because the kids are isolated. Because they took canoes on a trip to this island in the part of the woods. or whatever. And um, so the kids, they build this makeshift shift raft. And um, five of them, including Fisher Stevens, uh, decide to canoe back to where they're from and there's a canoe like in the middle of the river and they go up and the bad guy's on it and he pops up and he and fisher steven holds out his hands like no and he um scissors off all his fingers and then he murders like six of them at once that's pretty cool but then it's really stupid at, after that and they for it being like a classic slasher i was kind of hoping to be in the vein of friday the 13th 
but I didn't have too many hopes because I never heard of it and I like horror movies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I didn't watch anything good this week. X-Files was all right. Brad, what did you watch this week? Uh, I watched the rest of the eighth season of the office, which I've seen already. So, Oh, the one from last year. Yep. Oh, okay. Still funny. And then, um, I watched a movie called butter. (laughs) (laughs) I love Jennifer Gardner. I love Olivia Wilde. Yeah, she uh, did a good job playing, playing a bitch. And then uh, Olivia Wilde, I think, st- steals the movie. Yeah. Not just because she's pretty, but she is hilarious in it. Is the movie good? Because I heard it wasn't that good. It's weird. Huh. <laughs> it's a whole movie about butter carving sculptures. Yeah. And I thought it would be like this intro into another story. Like it's just kind of like the basis for it. But no, it pretty much is a movie about, um, you know, Jennifer Garner plays this... Uh, uh, like uptight, uptight housewife. Yeah, housewife uh, with no, like she lives vicariously through her husband who is a great abstract, uh, well, I guess not abstract, but Butter Carver. Um, he's won uh, the state competition many years in a row. And finally the state's like, hey, do you want to give someone else a chance? So they cut his funding and take him out of the running and his wife can't deal with it. So she threatens to, you know, she threatens to seek revenge, but then decides she's going to start learning how to carve butter herself because now ah. she, she can be another contestant, hmm. you know, in the running. And uh, so she can maintain her status in the community. And then meanwhile, there's this little African-American girl who is an orphan and she's been shopped around different households <laughs> and uh, has become desensitized to expecting to find a family. This is the same movie? This is the same movie. <laughs> okay. So these parallel storylines are running, and then um, this little girl ends up at a, like a field trip, and she gets to see the butter sculptures that the uh, the one the husband, the husband yeah. makes, and she gets inspired. Um, she's kind of like a natural talent, and she starts out the movie with you know, feeling like she's not special and she has no talents, um, and then she decides to pursue this butter carving thing, and then uh, she gets into a new family with, I f- keep spacing the guy. Uh, he's from The Daily Show and Hot Tub Time Machine. and Rob Corddry? Rob Corddry. God. Yeah. I, I haven't missed it in the credits. But yeah, he's uh, he and his wife, I think it's Alicia Silverstone, they adopt mm-hmm. a little girl. And they're very, uh, they're the first set of parents who are actually uh, cool, I guess, because they cultivate her her passion even though they don't really understand it right um so she gets wind of this competition so she enters it and then olivia wilde is this prostitute who or she's a stripper Whoa. sorry yeah. stripper um is she naked in it uh, no but she's really sexy in it oh, i don't want to see it then <laughs> i don't want to be re- i don't want to see really sexy I don't know. I think you're missing out. But um, <laughs> so after this big fight, the husband of Jennifer Garner goes to a strip club and like meets Olivia Wilde and promises that he's going to pay her rent from <laughs> ne- here till eternity. And then uh, uh, while she's uh, banging him in his uh, caravan, Jennifer Garner slams into it with her truck. And uh, um, then later on, so she doesn't get paid the money she was promised so she starts stalking him to get the money and then eventually uh uses the money to uh support the little african-american girls 
Cause just because she wants to ruin uh, Jennifer Garner's chances of winning the state competition. So, so then it all comes down to one big butter competition. <laughs> one big butter competition. Who Actually, several because uh, Hugh Jackman's in it. <laughs> Whoa, what? <laughs> I know, big surprise, like just out of nowhere. He plays um, a card dealer that uh, used to fool around with Jennifer Garner like in high school. And so when Jennifer Garner seeks revenge by banging him and getting him to cop to a lie that uh, the little African-American girl... Uh, forged her butter sculpture, like had someone <laughs> sneak in and carve it for her. He has to endorse the lie, and uh, yeah, so cool. But you're I, saying I feel like only... I've just gone off on a bunch of tangents explaining it. Would huh? you? Would you? Did you like? I mean, you're saying it's weird, but did you enjoy it? I did. Would I think tell... it's, it's kind of funny in places. I, it's not a great movie, but like I said, it's really funny in spots. And like Olivia Wilde's, like uh, she rides a bike everywhere. Um, she goes strippers on bikes. Strippers on bikes. Yeah. yeah. Like w- at one point, she rides through this march. Like she's in the field at, at the school because she's starting to date the uh, husband's daughter, who hates her parents. And uh, in order to get the six hundred dollars, she starts fooling around with the daughter so that you know she can <laughs> sneak into the house and like figure out where the dad keeps all of his uh, money so she can get that money she's owed. And then she rides through this marching band, even though she can totally go around him. She just cuts through the band. <laughs> she's like, move it, assholes, or something like that. Yeah. Cool. I, I, I have wanted to see it. Uh, obviously, when you say it's a movie about butter sculpture, I am, I'm totally there. <laughs> that That's just the right kind of quirk for me. Yeah, halfway there, uh, I was like, is this movie really about the butter sculptures only? Cause <laughs> <laughs> I was going to deviate. I thought this like, was a documentary. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you know, is it a real thing? Does anybody really carve butter? I think so in the Midwest. It has to be. <laughs> I, I, I guess so, yeah. But. Man. Cool. I didn't know you could carve butter and get it to stay like that. Like They're pretty elaborate sculptures there. Well, if it's chilly in the room. Yeah, they definitely have like refrigerated booths they carve in. Uh, but I, I didn't think it like is. I feel like butter's still too loose of a yeah. substance to like. When butter's hard, it's, it's it's like really slick, so you wouldn't be able to maintain control as yeah. well as clay. That's why it's an art. Yeah, but I guess yeah, in a refrigerator room, maybe it's better. Yeah, is that all you saw? Yeah, James, what did you watch? Well, earlier today, per Cora's request last week, uh, I went and saw Frankenweenie. Which, just up front, let me say that I totally went into this movie wanting to be wrong and wanting to like the movie and wanting to come back and say, oh, I loved it wholeheartedly. Um, it was better than I expected, but there's definitely some stuff that bugged the hell out of me. Um, I mean, there were some good jokes, but there were also times where I rolled my eyes. Uh, the, the hardest thing about it for me is still that I think the animation is not very good, uh, especially compared to Paranorman just a couple months ago. Uh, there were times when there were clearly not enough frames so, like, Martin Landau, who is fantastic in the movie and plays, like, the school teacher who inspires Victor to uh, to tr- even try, like, you know, raising his dog up and getting it struck by lightning to wake it back up. Because, um, obviously, if you haven't seen the, the billion trailers for this movie, his dog dies. He's Frankenstein. He brings his dog back to life. Boom story. Um, and Martin Landau is, like, his, his school teacher who is huge and really cool looking it's a it's a good character design for him um he's got these long teeth and he's really creepy looking he he doesn't look like all the other characters in the movie um 
Uh, but there were scenes where like he, there were not enough frames. And so I was distracted because his mouth was just blurry as he would talk. Cause I'm like, no, you didn't slow it down enough. So it looks like it's claymation. It just, it bugged me. Um, but the worst part is that because of how sort of clumpy Sparky is, like he he doesn't have a lot of definition. He's not wearing clothes or anything like that. There are times where like the dog he'll sit or something, and he just looks folded. He looks it looks crummy. I, I just I could not get past you know unlike Paranorman where I'm watching it going like this is CG. This is so beautifully done, and partially that's because, like, with a dog, you don't have the joints, you don't have clothes, you, and things like that where you can really hide the seams and, and make it move naturally. But still, I just felt like, okay, this is your main character. It's got to be better than this. Um, and I I don't love Sparky either. Like, I don't feel bad when the dog dies because I know he's going to bring it back, and then I don't, I don't feel their relationship because I don't think they build it very well. It, it feels very much to me like a movie made out of a short film. Where they're like, okay, here's the idea. He brings his dog back to life. How can this go wrong? Because um, they kind of juggle conflicts. And at the end, the end is, is I think, the special part where um, all of these other monsters show up. Because basically, word gets out that he did it. Uh, Edgar, who is who is very much the, like, um, oh, shoot, what's his name? How is this getting away from me now? You know, Frankenstein's assistant. Uh, Igor. Igor. He, he's He's very much Igor. He sort of sneaks, he's a wimpy kid, and he, he releases the idea of how you can do this to everybody else. And so everybody else raises their pets, but because they just want to do it to win the science fair, not because they love their pet, their pets come back as horrible monsters. Um, which is somewhat funny. Like, I'm going to say this now, and it, it kind of sounds like a good idea, but the truth is I think it still plays as extremely racist and obnoxious but like the asian kid brings his turtle back and the turtle turns into a giant dinosaur turtle and so then they get to play on like some godzilla stuff which that is cool but the rest of the movie there is still a really asian kid who talks like this the whole time and you're like come on like this is so bad i didn't catch how he talked james how did he talk i'm not i'm not gonna do my asian again it's not very good (laughs) but i'm just saying like it's a really bad Asian accent and a really bad, like, you know, stereotype of Asians. And I'm like, come on. Ugh. It's not a documentary, James. <laughs> it's art. You can exaggerate a bit. Um, but uh, I, I did. I I didn't hate the time that I was watching it. It's not the worst movie. Um, but it's still. I feel like if if the story were were something that's, that they cared about more, because I I really don't think that he. This was like the thing that he loves and he's been waiting 25 years to remake Frank and Weenie. Uh, I don't feel that way because I don't think it's the most heartwarming story, though. It does start off pretty good because it starts off with Victor making his own little film and he has his dog involved in it. And that part to me, I was like, oh, okay, cool. But then that doesn't really go anywhere. They don't return to the movie thread at all. Um, and, and because of the style of Tim Burton and the the dark eyes and all of that stuff, I think it takes away from the movie. It, I definitely don't think that animation wise it looks as good as Corpse Bride, and I really liked Corpse Bride. Um, so it's, I don't know. It was funny because the people right in front of me in line, the little girl, they were clearly there to see Frank and Weenie. And when the little girl saw that it was a, it was a girl and her her mom. When she saw that Hotel Transylvania was up there, she was like, oh, Hotel Transylvania is up. And then the two of them had like a little conversation and then decided to go see that instead. And I was like, okay, I think that's that's how this movie, that movie wins. It's just that it, it sells itself a whole lot better. Um, I think probably the word among kids is also 
that hey you should just go see hotel transylvania <laughs> and i as far as i'm concerned you should just go see paranorman because it was way better um so sorry cora but i still stand by that tim burton needs to make a good movie for once um the walking dead came out this week as we talked about i did get a chance to see it and we'll talk about it probably more next week but as far as i'm concerned it's the second best episode of the entire series um i am so excited about where the show is going now uh, and I think that anybody who was, was sort of lingering after uh, season two or during season two, um, this is this is what's going to bring you back. I hope. I hope. I hope. Uh, it's Always Sunny finally came back. I love that show. That's good. Um, and then you guys have been talking for a long time about The League, and I finally started watching that show. Nice. And I am... I started watching it one night. I am now a season and a half in. That <laughs> nice. just, I mean, the first season's like six episodes. Yeah, it's still, still funny, though. Uh, though isn't it? Yeah, and it's weird because now, like like with Always Sunny being back, I'm seeing the commercials for The League, too, because it's, it's, what, third or fourth season? Fourth. Yeah, fourth season has just started. Um, and I watch the commercials, and I go, this is awful. I don't want to watch that. But I, I realize now, I think it's just that they select, like, the crudest, most base level jokes for the the commercials to try and get people to watch it, but then the actually like funniest, most uh, interesting parts of the show are the stuff that they ignore. And I think that's why I never watched it was because I saw the trailers and thought like, well, that doesn't look funny at all. Um, but it is uh, that man. Um, and uh, while I don't understand any of what's going on because <laughs> I've never never been in fantasy football, I don't understand how it works. <laughs> When they talk about fantasy football, it's like they're talking a different language, um, but still their their banter between each other is is pretty dang good. Um, and then uh, American Horror Story came back as I continue to try and watch everything new this season that, that comes out. Um, and if you remember from last year, I watched American Horror Story and loved it at first, and then about five or six episodes in just totally dropped off. Uh, the... I feel like they're they're real good at the short term stories, but their long term stories they start to wane. Um, but the nice thing is, is that the first season was encapsulated, uh, and so the second season, which is called Asylum, does not actually call back to anything from that first season, or at least not a lot. I mean, it's it's separated enough that Jessica Lange is still in the show, but she plays a totally different character, uh, which is fine with me because Jessica Lange was fantastic, and anytime she shows up and stuff, it's exciting. Um, so this time it's about this haunted asylum where obviously they were bringing crazy people and those crazy people did wacky horror thingies and they <laughs> kill people with their ghosts and there's a wacky scientist who takes people's brains out. Whoa. I don't nice. I don't care. It's really I love the atmosphere of the show. I love the way they direct it. I I really hope that they can keep me going. Uh I don't watch a lot of horror, but this to me is is pretty dang good. Um Especially there is something that happens. I won't spoil it, but the the flashback story to like the 50s where they explain where uh, Bloody Face, who is one, like the main horror person from the first episode, when they explain Bloody Face's origin, where they go with it is insane and not at all what I would have expected them to think up for, for this show. Um, so I, I, I definitely think you, I think you guys should both check this one out. Yeah, I more, more even than last season. Like I, I think this, there's something kind of cool going on here. So you should, you should at least try to try catch that first episode and see if you like it. Um, which you shouldn't do with Nashville because I don't think it's very good. <laughs> I won't talk too long Nashville. about it because I've, I've already seen too much stuff this week. But, um, 
Connie Bit- Britton is is really good, and if the show were just about Connie Britton's character, I would enjoy it. Yeah, but, get uh, off your Friday Night Lights high horse. Hayden Panettiere is not very good at being an actress. Her body's weird shaped. <laughs> Whoa, like she's smushed, but I don't well, know. she is really short. Yeah, she's just obnoxious. Like she's playing this, you know. I'm a young country star, and everything revolves around me, and I want to have sex with old guys. She's and good she's in Scream Four. Oh, is she? I never. Obviously, I never saw that. Yeah, Kristen Bell has like a fucked up eye. In her. Dude, you Kristen Bell does not have fucked up eyes. <laughs> Quit saying that about Kristen Bell. Oh man, Kristen Bell. Make sure you have you. a fucked up eye. <laughs> what are you gonna do when we meet Kristen Bell and she's like, "Hey, I heard you think I've got a fucked up eye." And then she. F- I'm sorry, Kristen Bell is joking. You know, really, yes. we're a bunch of jokers. That's <laughs> just fucking around. Uh, if you couldn't tell by the beginning of our podcast, we joke a lot. Never take anything we say seriously. Please yeah. don't stop listening to our show. Don't hurt me, Dexter. <laughs> Except for Hayden Panettiere, man. Your body's fucked up. No, no, no. Really? Um, yeah. Show's not good. But he loves the country music on it. I don't so love says his Facebook music. post. No, that's not what I was saying. <laughs> I think country music is weird. I, I believe I called it romanticized commercialism for preteen girls. Wow. It's obnoxious. That's... Rough. Do they have a bumper sticker that says country music is for cunts? <laughs> <laughs> Probably, Probably not. Probably. But if you drive if, if you drive your car into Arkansas with that on it, they will probably <laughs> kill you. Hey, you like that's your car music. Right here. <laughs> yeah. Better go back to whence you can, boy. Yeah, actually, it, <laughs> they, they'd be more pissed off because you were driving a Prius than anything else. <laughs> this I, week, that's everything I saw. Sorry. This week we saw seven psychopaths. Yeah. Brad, should people go to their local Cineplex and see Seven Psychopaths? Yes, yes, <laughs> they should. Very nice. I love how Brad always waits a couple beats before he yeah. he says it. Very suspenseful. What's Brad gonna say? Or he could just not say anything, and I could just cut it and made it seem like there was no beats. But thanks, thanks for drawing attention to that. I, I'm going to. <laughs> hey, I'm no, going to make you super uncomfortable every time I talk to you. space I was trying to make jokes out of, and then couldn't, so I just settled for. No, no, no! It, it made you, it made you sound like you were introspective. Yeah, like you, like were, you were really like, thinking. About, I gotta should should they or shouldn't they? It's really important. I don't think you I, should go to a theater and see Seven Psychopaths in the theater. I think you should just watch the movie called <laughs> Seven Psychopaths. Hey, puns, go on. Yay, James! Absolutely, some of the most fun I've had in a, quite a while. I really liked this. You know what? Fuck this movie. It's horrible. Just kidding. It was awesome. <laughs> oh. uh, I'm trying to find it. We haven't disagreed in a while, so. We haven't. But anyways, here's a trailer for Seven Psychopaths. And how's everything in the dog kidnapping business? Hi. Is this your dog? Oh, my God. Oh, I have to pay you. Thank you so are you, are you much. Serious? Dog borrowing business. I ain't talking about that shit neither. <laughs> Mr. Costello, please don't hurt me. Where were you walking him, Cherise? You love your dog so much, Mr. Costello, when you're such an angry type person. You just think it was my fault and dragged me back here and tied me up and kill me. Yeah, that was a pretty good. Yeah. I always loved Bonnie like he was my own child. One, I do not want that image in my head. Two, could you go get my fucking dog back? <laughs> What the hell happened? Some punks jumped us. Oh, yeah! Said they were looking for a little shih tzu. You think she's the one that they're after? <sighs> I almost got killed today because you kidnapped the wrong fucking dog. Are you being serious? Wow. I just called up old Charlie Castello and I told him to come down and get his dog back. He said, if you're in trouble finding us, just look for a Buick umpire. Well, that's just fucking...
fucking great. Oh, great. You know what that is? Do you know what that is? Great. That's just fucking great. Let me give him a couple of kisses and scratches. <laughs> well, your friend's a fucking psychopath. You waiting for somebody, old guy? My name is Zachariah Rigby. I left a message on Billy's telephone. Were you screaming about eating my heart off the tray and then shitting on it? Uh, no, no, I, I wouldn't do that. Okay, you seem normal. Come on in. We gotta get this dog off the street because it's kidnapped from a maniac. Dandy. I think we should go to the cops. Fuck the cops. Yeah. Fuck them. No fucking cops. Dude, this movie was awesome. Oh, that's amazing. I, I didn't know it was a movie inside of a movie. Um, yeah. I didn't either. They, they don't sell it that way at all. It's very meta. Yeah. Very. Uh, it's like adaptation only with gunplay. Well, adaptation and better. gunplay. And better. And coherent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it's adaptation only not as masturbatory. Like, I like adaptation, but adaptation is very inside of itself. You masturbated to adaptation? No, wow. but Nicolas Cage Weird. masturbates in adaptation, so... Uh, but the movie is Colin Farrell is a writer and he's trying to write a screenplay that he has called Seven Psychopaths, but he doesn't have an idea of who the seven psychopaths are. <laughs> he just has a title. He just has a title. <laughs> and then he kind of, uh, through Sam Rockwell's character, uh, Billy, he gets ideas from him. And what he, he doesn't realize is everything that Billy's telling him is true. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it kind of has, I mean, even the opening is is so funny because it's these two guys arguing about they're Italian mafia guys are <laughs> arguing about this lit girl who the boss fell in love with and she cheated on him or something or just you know yeah. left him. And he said, you know, have you ever shot anybody through the eye? I think John Dillinger. It goes on this long little spiel and it's kind of funny. Like, oh, I wonder who what these two nonsense guys are up to. And then in the background, there's a red hooded guy <laughs> walking slowly closer to you. And then he just wastes both of them. <laughs> um, yeah. And then you kind of get the kind of movie you're in for is where it's uh a dark comedy kind of oh um, yeah definitely but it's it's shot no I, I, man there's some things i can't explain i mean when it goes off uh i i wanted to see the movie with the the quaker you know what i mean oh, Where, yeah well i mean what you actually it's almost like an, but, uh, it, like in the first 20 minutes or so i was like is this going to be slightly an anthology or something where like yeah. it's an excuse for martin mcdonough to have written these Neat little short stories, and that who uh, Martin McDonough is the writer director. He also made in Bruges. Um, is it just an excuse for him to you know he came up with these neat little stories and he wants to shove them into a movie and then put uh, like an overarching story over it? But the truth is, they all end up intertwining in really neat ways. Like because mm. yeah, that Quaker story, man. When you get to the ending and you're like, holy yeah. shit, that is such a cool story. Can you explain the ending to me? Because I don't think I had the impact. That because on me it, that everyone else did well the the guy knew that the only way he could escape the quaker is if he killed himself because right. he'd go to hell but then the quaker killed himself so he would go to hell too so there yeah. he would have no escape so the quaker from. was going to oh, chase him and it was yeah. literally <laughs> chasing him into <laughs> yeah. hell yeah okay. which is just creepy oh, as fuck yes um, oh man but then you meet um christopher walken's character who is really good in the movie um it's yeah. kind of like a part that he's really good at where the you know he just has he is both he's both funny and then he has these serious quiet moments I mean, he's, yeah nobody thinks of him that way everybody thinks of him as like yeah christopher walken from click um <laughs> but the truth is he is a, he's an amazing actor oh no he's 
outstanding. And you know what? Um, Sam Rockwell's in it, and I don't think I've ever seen a movie with Sam Rockwell where I don't like him in it. Oh, yeah. I mean, even something where it could be Gentleman Broncos, where you're like, what the fuck is this movie? He's still <laughs> really funny in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, he and, really and this, dominates the movie. Yeah. Oh, he does. Oh, yeah. He steals all the scenes. I, I mean, and it, it's a little subtle things that he does as an actor mm-hmm. where, you know, you realize this guy is not normal. Uh, the the little faces he makes and um, how he says that how you have to have an epic sh- shootout and what you look for. and He also, like, repeats things he says. Like, he says things twice once oh, in a while. Yeah. Just, it's a very nuanced performance. Yeah, like, he's really he good at little being... Things to everything. He's really good at being insane, mm-hmm. like just subtly insane. And yet at the same time, you know, um, Marty uh, talks so much about the fact that he really wants the movie to be about, like, f- you know, this friendship between these guys and and, and all of that. Uh, and he, so Sam Rockwell's character also has to play all of that. Like, we have to understand his friendship with Marty and really feel like the two of them are connected so that by the end we really are, you know... Yeah, uh, and we we feel for the two of them, and he does that just as well. He's amazing. You had someone, uh, Colin Farrell. You know, he might not have the best. Like when you read the script, is not the best part in the movie. But for you know, if he he's really good in it. As, oh yeah. You know, he's really damaged, and he can't think of anything. And uh, his performance is really good. I've actually really liked Colin Farrell this last couple movies I saw him in. Yeah. Whether it's Total Recall or Fright Night, I think he's um, doing. I mean, he's been really good the last few movies and, I've seen him in. And versatile. You, 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 those three movies just together, they're not the same uh, character. Oh, no. And, it, you know, it takes a lot to... For somebody who, you know, looks like Colin Farrell and we've seen him in movies like we've seen him in, to, to be in a scene like, he, like the scene with Zachary where, you know, Zachary, the, the creepy guy with the <laughs> <laughs> rabbit, uh, which another great story... Um, but that scene where he gets let Billy leaves him with Zachary, like the way how awkward he feels and how he's like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to be in this room, I don't want to be in this situation. And you you understand that from him, even though it's you know it's Colin Farrell. You're like, dude, just whip out a gun and beat the shit out of this guy. Like if he comes at you with a knife, no big deal. But you know, you kind of feel afraid with him, and then watch him, you know, cozy up to this guy and really enjoy his story. You you feel yeah. like he's he's really that writer who when he hears a good story is just engrossed. You know, um, you're right because that scene too, you kind of feel you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. And you know, Tom Waits is, you know, doing his thing. And at first, uh, Marty, Colin Farrell's character, he's so scared of him, but then the story starts becoming a little engrossing. Yeah. And when he says he's a killer of serial killers, <laughs> you're okay. And then it goes <laughs> off and shows him killing all these people through 70 years of time. Um, him killing the Zodiac killer was my favorite. Oh man. <laughs> and because his girlfriend leaves him at the end of that. And he says, every day I wish I killed that hippie with her, that fucking hippie. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, it, and she kills him in a really gruesome way. Yeah. The details and all and that. So it's it, the funny thing too, is because, uh, you know, the Zodiac killer, no one know, knows what happened to him. He kind of yeah. just disappeared. So, well, I know what happened to him. I saw Zodiac. Yeah, that's true. You did see Zodiac. <laughs> um, Robert Downey Jr. is in that. <laughs> um, <laughs> He gets burnt alive. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Not Robert Downey Jr., the Zodiac <laughs> yeah, Killer in I was um, confused Seven Psychopaths. I was like... uh, but yeah, the, the movie has great performances. The The script is really clever. Oh. Um, you know, the, the shootout where Sam Rockwell's describing it is amazing. <laughs> um, and that's one of the best meta moments because it, it, it is like giving us the thing that be, that we've, we want because of the movie he's set up. So that then he can give us the ending that he wants to give us, and which is have, just so good. We haven't talked about how cool Woody Harrelson is in it. Yeah. Oh. Um, 
you know, he's yeah. also plays a crazy guy. But like a bizarrely likable one. Like I was, I enjoyed oh, yeah. when he was on screen, but at the same time was terrified he was going to kill the people that I liked, you mm-hmm. know, because he, I mean, this is a movie where they leave a lot of hats on the ground. Um, and so they, you really don't know who's going to survive. Oh yeah. Um, and spoilers too. Um, when uh, Marty has trouble writing the, uh, the Vietnamese guy's story uh, and Christopher Walken, you know, does his little version of it is so it's good. It's amazing, yeah. And uh and Ugh. he says, uh, you know, I know you said that uh that dreams are for faggots, but you know, uh this one's pretty good. I don't think they like being called fags anymore. I think it's homos. <laughs> <laughs> and just the way he delivers the lines is that is an actual rule though. When you when you take writing classes, one of the rules is dreams are for fags. Um oh, I didn't know so, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just heard they were lazy, but that kind of to do it I, and it was weird because i remember when they introduced that one i do remember like you know he wakes up and they they sort of play it like you know oh he, he had this dream and that's where the other one came from and i was like oh come on oh that's such a cop that you can't leave that where it goes and then of course they don't they totally deliver on that and then he and then he comments on the fact that he did that it's it's brilliant and maybe maybe a smarter commentary on filmmaking than adaptation is and even the scene where um, Christopher Walken sits across from Woody Harrelson, there's this mm. great, I, I won't say what happened because it's a really big spoiler, but there's a great interplay oh, between them yes. two where Woody Harrelson doesn't know what Chris, that, who Christopher Walken's character is, and Christopher Walken's just that right amount of crazy in it. And, well, uh, and I feel like rage we, boiling under Yeah, him. exactly. And here's the thing. That's one of my favorite moments because we don't, turns out, don't know who Christopher Walken's oh, character yeah. is. Because that's also the other reveal. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in a way, like that scene's not about revealing that he's tied into this other story. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they, when you see that thing and you go, holy shit. And then you don't know what side of the story he's from. Like, exactly. It, it, they keep it going forever. Like that's one of my favorite aspects of this movie is the way that that... that uh, first even, story ties in and even the resolution too because uh you find out that the story isn't told right yeah mm-hmm. that you know it's told it, it how it was actually lived is different and well, you realize that at that time it is probably you know wasn't good for right. those two people to be together well and the um the those that Zachary's story and the Quaker story end up commingling when you find out mm. that like oh that the you know the the Quaker is actually shacked up with the guy with Zachary's girlfriend later on in her life and and that that's who we've been following is you know that they were that close yeah um, man that is so cool so yeah you should definitely see this movie unfortunately it's one of those movies that didn't do too well its first week out and so we're a week no, behind but it's a you know it's a little sort of indie movie I don't it know is an what indie its movie, cost so, was but uh, so hopefully. Um, it'll catch on. It, it seems like it's a movie where it's going to be a cult movie. Oh, totally. Where you'd have to watch again to catch all the little nuances and all the little performances. And well, I mean, it's not in every theater, and it's it's like uh, it's very much like in Bruges, where it's it's an indie movie. After a while, it'll, it'll take off, but it only cost them fifteen million to make. So it's, it, it, you know, they're at six now. Um, they're they'll totally make that back. Um, maybe. Um. Well, they only got a break probably 30. <laughs> you know, actually, my f- my favorite bit in the whole uh, movie is it's so quick. But after Sam Rockwell does that huge, you know, shootout moment and 
uh, Colin Farrell and uh, Christopher Walken are in the car, and Colin Farrell's you know freaking out. He says, "Oh man, that guy's so fucking crazy." I mean, what is that? And Chris Walken says, "Yeah, I mean, your head doesn't explode when it gets shot. I mean, <laughs> what's that about?" Like that's Christopher Walken's go-to, and you know, it's yeah. it's great. Well, it does if it's made out of expo- uh, out of dynamite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I should go see Seven Psychopaths oh, for sure. Absolutely. I'm sure that it'll come back up come the end of the year. Most likely, Brad, anything else to add about Seven Psychopaths? Uh, I thought it was really creative and a fresh film. Like the, the script itself is so unlike anything I've watched before, and you know, there's so many many little details to it. Like there's a when they're trying to write the end of the movie in the desert, and uh, they bring up how Christopher Walken brings up how Colin Farrell writes uh, shallow female characters like oh, does yeah. Like, oh yeah and abby corners at the you know when she is in the movie like she does have like all these typical girlfriend mannerisms and lines mm-hmm. in the movie as her character so it's like the writer is referencing his own writing oh yeah in the movie that he wrote <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah it's just like layers of stuff like that and um like early on sam rockwell's talking about like when he's trying to bang the uh, Woody Harrelson's girlfriend, and uh, he's talking about all the different <laughs> diseases that he <laughs> yeah. got tested for, and then at the end of the movie, he's standing there talking to Colin Farrell, like describing, like you think he's joking earlier, but now you may think like he's <laughs> actually gone in and had tested and had things come back, and oh, like yeah. he's referencing his real life, yeah, just instead of just waiting, joking with her, yeah, waiting for the doctor to come back and say, uh, "Billy, you're good to go," yeah, so hey, Billy, you've got VD. Yeah, it's just like stuff that was referenced early on comes back later. Yeah, it's, it's a, great. It's, it's not a really. It's not so script. linear. It's you know jumps around a lot and mm-hmm. plays off of things. It's a lot of fun. It's one of those that'll be a lot of fun to watch multiple times. Yeah, especially to go back and watch like those those early scenes between Christopher Walken and uh, I'm, I don't know her name, but his his wife. Um, those early scenes, you know, once you now that you know who those two people are mm. uh, and what their actual background is, like they're because there are just a couple of lines where they just sort of hint at like, you know, little bits of regret and things like that. And it would be really interesting to go back and see that scene again, see exactly what she says there. Because uh, there's even a part of the film when uh, you know Tom Waits says, "Look, one thing you can do for me is put <laughs> this, you know, request at the end of your credits when the movie gets made." And I was sitting there going, like, this would be awesome if something, if that comes, if I'm watching the credits all the way through and I never see that disclaimer show in the movie, then, like, that would be, like, a missed opportunity. And then I start watching the credits and, like, waiting for it to scroll up. And then there's a whole scene about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, fantastic. Yeah. So don't don't be that that jerk who runs immediately out of the movie. Stick around. Which I saw some people do. I saw some people, like, get up. And they still left. Like, well, it must not be important. <laughs> Credits have already started. Which is really, it's a really important scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Have you guys seen In Bruges? No. Yeah. Yeah? Uh, you should check it out. It's good. I will. Now that I've seen this right. one. <laughs> um, the ending's really weird. You can email yeah, us, realnerds at gmail.com. You can tweet us, real underscore nerds. You can like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can download our podcast at, on iTunes, and you can listen to it streaming on our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can call us, 720-6nerds5. We're really waiting for some phone calls from, from some famous people. So if you know any, make sure you call us. 
Um, next week, we're seeing Cloud Atlas, I believe. Yep, all three hours of it. Oh, my gosh. We should try to see it earlier in the day. <laughs> oh, I hope it's good. <laughs> we'll see it on good. Saturday at noon. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening. Until next time, we'll be at the movie theaters. I hope we see you there. Bye. Bye. Bye.